Hi, this is Alana with the Dealing with Donor Conception podcast. Welcome. This is still one of our early podcast episodes. This is episode six. And in previous shows, I was talking about, um, you know, how do I tell my child their donor conceived? And then we started the, the big five reasons that we should oppose third-party reproduction. And you might consider this weird because I'm donor-conceived. I owe my existence to the practice. So why would I outline five distinct reasons why we should oppose this practice? Aren't I against my very own existence? Isn't that weird that I would say that? And um, it's not weird. You can be critical of the means by which you were conceived and still be grateful for life. Those are not, um, it's not an oxymoron. And so I shared in the earlier ones, I was talking about the use of eugenics, the use of abortion, the, uh, the not only prevalence, but the, in every single case of donor conception, there's broken kinship bonds. And now I want to talk to you about um, the prevalence of human trafficking with donor conception. And I know that that's a harsh term. People think, whoa, are you calling me a human trafficker? And don't be so scared of that word and don't feel like I'm accusing you. My mother, whom I love deeply, used donor conception. But I want to share with you some stories about how the industry operates and what happens when you um, create an industry out of buying and selling sperm and egg and wombs. So I've written about this um, for several years. I have taken a break from my research and all my Google alerts. So some of my examples are a few years old now because I just like for my own mental health, I can't receive all the bad news that's, that's out there. But for a while I was I was very into the research of, you know, what's what's going down in the infertility industry. So let me share with you some stories. Um, okay, so we know that, especially with surrogacy and, and egg, you know, vending, egg donation, um, you can generate a lot of money very quickly. So with some... With one pregnancy, you could generate as much as $300,000 for a single pregnancy. So with egg donation, if you use an elite egg donor, like a supermodel egg donor, um, if you have twins or triplets or high-risk pregnancy or surrogacy and international travel, all these things, you can spend a lot of money very fast. And so anytime you can make $300,000, um, that's serious money and it does encourage um, the cutting of corners. And you might even get some people who are more like human traffickers and more like, you know, in slavery, the, the people who operated back then. So if we believe that human beings should not be for sale and should not be trafficked or manufactured like products... And if we believe that women deserve better than to be treated like just baby machines, 
then maybe we should rethink third-party reproduction in general. So now um, we've got people like Teresa Erickson. So Teresa Erickson um, was a, a serial egg donor. She's this blonde, um, Scandinavian-looking woman who, when she was younger, she sold her eggs several times. And then she went to law school. She became a surrogacy and adoption attorney in San Diego. But Teresa was arrested and imprisoned for baby selling and human trafficking violations. But why? Well, Teresa understood that there was a high demand for babies. And she knew that um, she could industrialize the fertility industry processes in a way that made things just go faster so she could make money faster. And so what she did was she hired her own sperm donors, her own egg donors, and her own surrogates. And then when the, the babies reached the second trimester, which is when it's considered to be, you know, the risk of miscarriage is gone. Um, then, when the babies were in the second trimester, then she would go to her list of couples, all who wanted babies, and say, hey, we had a, a client who, they backed out, and there's this baby. Do you want it? And then she would sell these babies for up to $150,000, even, I think some, one journalist said $180,000 each. And she sold, she created and she sold 13 babies this way. And federal prosecutors said that Erickson worked with um, another woman, Carla Chambers of Las Vegas, and Hillary Neiman of Maryland. And they were just creating this inventory of unborn babies that they knew they could sell. So why did Teresa go to jail for baby selling and human trafficking? But every other surrogacy attorney and fertility industry person, they're like celebrated as, wow, you're creating new life. You're, you're starting families. Why'd she go to jail? Well, the reason she was deemed a baby seller and a human trafficker is, is just a matter of paperwork. She, she got the papers signed after conception. But if she had had all the paperwork signed before conception, it would have been legitimate in the eyes of the law. So just think about that and think, is there any difference to the child? Is it just the time stamp on the legal documents that matters? You decide. Here's another story. In 2014, there was a Japanese millionaire named Mitsutoki Shigeta. And he became involved with the law um, with some very difficult custody battles because it was discovered that 13 babies were being raised by several nannies that he had hired in a Bangkok condo that he owned. So he began engaging a fertility clinic in 2011. And at first, he hired two surrogates to gestate and birth his genetic children. Um, but then he opened up and he disclosed plans that he was going to create a thousand children 
with as many as 20 children per year in this way, where he would just hire surrogate, hire nanny, and, you know, create his little army of Genghis Khan children. So, um, what do you think of that? And there was another infamous case where a gay Australian couple, one of which was a convicted pedophile, abandoned a baby born with Down syndrome. So they had, they had hired, they'd used international surrogates in Thailand and creating children for themselves. One of them was a pedophile. And the, the, one of the babies was born with Down syndrome. So they just left him there. Um, baby Gammy was his name. They just left him there. So Thailand got pretty mad about this, and now they have banned foreign surrogacy. Okay, that's that's another story. Here's here's one more. Okay, 2018. Um, there's an update. There was a People magazine cover story featuring a surrogate mother named Melissa Cook. She was a surrogate to triplets. And it kind of demonstrates how very depraved people are just gaining access to babies. Um, you can just buy one. So if the fertility industry, like they're in it to make money, right? They don't have home studies. They don't have any incentive to really check in on who's gaining access to these children. So, okay. So the father, there was a, a father, and he hired Melissa Cook um, to have his child. But they used IVF. There was multiple embryos that were implanted, and Melissa, three of them took. So let me check out my, my notes. Okay, so he wanted Melissa to abort all three of the babies when he ran out of cash. But Melissa didn't want to abort. She she was already a mother to either three or four kids, and she said, I'll take care of them. No, don't kill them. I'll take care of them. But he said no. He refused to let her take care of them, and then he agreed to, I guess, he said, why don't you just abort, like, one or two of them, and he'll keep, um, he'll keep one or... But it went to court, and she ended up giving birth to... Three boys living. They all survived. And now the father, he won custody. This man is a deaf um, man living with his elderly parents. And he's a postal worker. He's gay. He's deaf. And he's a single dad taking care of triplet infants. And his sister went to court. Melinda Burnett, she has testified in court, and she says that her uh, deaf 53-year-old brother suffers from serious mental problems and a personality disorder. And she said the children are living in deplorable conditions, eating off a filthy floor, and sharing the residence with the father's nephew, who is a heroin addict, and regularly sells drugs off of the premises. So... That's another story. Okay, now I'm going to... Here's another one. So there's there are these networks of pedophiles, right? 
and they gain access to infants and children. Um, they used to like addict mothers on drugs, and so if you have a mother who's zonked out on um, drugs, you can kind of do whatever you want with her children. Um, these days, they don't even need to involve the mother; they just hire a surrogate and an egg donor, and then they can they can like buy their own victim or grow their own victim. So. There's this documentary you might be interested in called The Boy with the Henna Tattoo. And The Boy with the Henna Tattoo is based on the true story. Uh, Well, it's a documentary, so it's not based on anything. It is a documentary of a true story on the Australian-Californian gay couple who um, they bought this child and then immediately put him into porn and prostitution. So they just traveled around the world with this little boy selling him, and they trained him how to perform sexual acts on strangers, rewarded him for it, and I guess this is how they supported themselves, um, one of the ways they supported themselves. Okay, um, So, but it's not just the babies and children who were trafficked. You can also traffic the women involved with surrogacy. Uh, there's been you know I don't have a direct story now but you can look up like the Nigerian baby farms surrogate farms India they they put you know 20 women in a room and just house them there as they they're they're imprisoned while they gestate these babies and um you'll notice that when you read a lot of articles like famous gay couples having kids or celebrities using surrogates, you'll notice that the witness, like, obviously it takes a woman to have a baby. You don't get a child without a woman. And so where are, where are they? When you read these stories of, oh, we're having a baby, but like you're two men. Um, the women are invisible. They're not even mentioned. They're nameless. They're faceless. If it was a difficult situation, that is just totally erased from from the history um, and the the media. So that should be a warning sign to you that something's off. Um, Something's really wrong. Um, When situations go wrong and people are ashamed to speak about them, they, they just avoid bringing it up. And that invisibility is a problem. Um, there is a film I really recommend by Gerhalter Films, G-E-Y-R-H-A-L-T-E-R. It's a Swiss film company, and the, the, the film is called Future Baby. And they are just beautiful craftsmen when it comes to film. Um, and you'll, you'll notice in the film that there's a... They document as one surrogate's... Journey and, and the commissioning couple. And the, so they have this Mexican surrogate. And she just is totally dismissed um, by the commissioning couple. And, and the, the, it just, you gotta see the film. The last scene is just remarkable how she gives birth to this baby and the way she's treated. It's insane. It is insane. The first thing that happens when the baby comes out is they take the baby over to a um, one of those backdrops where you take pictures, like selfie selfie backdrop, 
And the commission couple says, oh, thank you so much, Dr. So-and-so, for having our baby. Um, helping, like, it's a promotional video. The first thing, like, two seconds after the baby comes out, they do a promotional video. And you just got to see it. It's an incredible, incredible thing. So um, another film I recommend is Breeders by Jennifer Law and the Center for Bioethics and Culture Network. Another film is Big Fertility by Jennifer Law and the um, Culture Network, Center for, for Bioethics and Culture Network. There's also a movie called Frozen Angels. It's very interesting. Um, just take a take a closer look at how the fertility industry operates and how they're protecting children. That's the point I want to make. And if you are um, a surrogate, uh, this is not an indictment on you. Most women go into this because they want to help people. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to help people. There's nothing wrong with wanting to create new life. And there's actually nothing wrong with wanting to support yourself either. Um, it costs money to live, pay bills, eat, all that. I'm not um, an anti-capitalist, and people need to get paid. But I just want you to think about... Uh, at what cost are we, you know, when you create an industry that 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 where body parts and human beings are for sale, what, what are the consequences and is it worth it? It's the only question I'm asking. What are the consequences and is it worth it? And in future episodes, I'm going to talk about more ethical, um, real solutions to infertility, things that actually restore your re reproductive health so that women can have their own babies. I'm going to talk about NAPRO technology and natural family planning and, and different solutions like that. So stay tuned for those. I'm not just a naysayer. I'm not just trying to, you know, rain on your parade. Um, I just want you to ask, what are the consequences of this and is it worth it? Okay. All right. Thank you guys for listening. This is Alana, and I hope you have a beautiful family journey where everyone's happy and safe and protected and nobody gets hurt. Signing off. <laughs>